Hello, friends. My name is Aliza Kelly. I'm a celebrity astrologer, three-time author, and host of this podcast, Stars Like Us. Think of Stars Like Us as your favorite nighttime talk show that just so happens to be released every Monday morning. Each week, we connect with another amazing expert guest, and together we talk about everything under the sun. But before we get into today's episode, take a moment to rate this podcast five stars. Why? Because you're the fucking best. All right, now let's do it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another out-of-this-world conversation. This is Stars Like Us. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm your host, Aliza Kelly. And today I am here with Bibiana Julian. Bibiana is a Virgo sun. We are currently recording this during Virgo season. So happy Virgo birthday, Bibiana. Virgo sun, Sag moon, Scorpio rising. Bibiana is a Miami local best known for her appearances on the Bachelor series. She's a newly certified yoga instructor with a passion for reading meditating, and all things skincare. When she's not working, you can catch her beachside as she believes the ocean and laughing with friends is the best medicine. I mean, who could argue with that? (laughs) I find that the times that I feel stressful, if I just go and dip into the ocean, it heals all emotional stress and wounds. It's extremely healing. Did you grow up near the ocean? So I did. I was born in Dominican Republic, actually raised in Miami. And I really grew to love the city and my home in my late 20s. And now I'm 34. Um, with I would say within like the last five years, I really grew an appreciation to how close I am to the water. I think probably when my spiritual like practice developed and, you know, the grounding methods, I find that yeah, the ocean for me is my best friend. I seriously go into the ocean and I just like open my arms and I'm like, hug me. Oh, I love that. The ocean is also really warm in Miami. Oh, it is. It's so beautiful here. It's really, we get, we're really fortunate, extremely fortunate. Right now it's rainy season, you know, the hurricanes on and off and it rains a couple times a day, but even in between that, you get a few hours of clear skies and calm waters and any chance I get to go into the water, I'm I'm there. How do you feel about cold water? I love cold water. You do? I do. It's so strange. It's not anything that I would have imagined myself enjoying before. So when I grew, like I am originally from Dominican Republic. And though I came here at a very young age, we spend a lot of my young summers, like going back and forth. And if you're familiar with Dominican Republic at all, you know, we don't have power running 24 seven. There's not water. We run out of water. So at the time in my life, I literally, if there was no water in the house, I had to shower or take a bath with like the bucket of water that we had saved up from earlier that week. And that water was always really cold. And I would just hate taking a bath. Uh, But now because of, you know, again, with like my spiritual practice and all the benefits from 
taking a shower with cold water. I don't know if you've like dived into the Wim Hof method. I actually really enjoy taking cold showers because it just, I feel like it's so beneficial. Like I think it's rejuvenating my skin and, you know, like creating these new frequency of energy and just giving me life. It literally gives me life. Yeah. I I have no problem with cold water. It's very funny because my fiance is from Florida. He's from like Fort Lauderdale area. So he grew up with beautiful, like, you know, warm water, Floridian water, which is always warm. And he is such a fucking baby whenever we go to the West Coast or even when we're just like in the Northeast and we're at some of the beaches up here. He is so like one toe in like too cold, too cold. Anything below 80 is too cold. And I'm like, oh my God, you grow up, you Southern Florida brat. Like not all of the water is going to be like that. But personally, I'm with you. I'm obsessed with water. This summer, I got really into swimming and I was swimming every single day um, for 30 minutes or an hour, just doing laps back and forth. And I don't think I have ever been as consistently centered and felt more aware, you know, like Mm -hmm. not even intuitive. I think that it actually kind of helps manage my intuition a little bit more. So I'm not flooded with emotions. It's like stabilizing for me. It feels grounding and anchoring actually. Were you swimming in open water or? I I was swimming in a pool and then also open water, but an outdoor pool, which is just amazing Mm -hmm. because then you have like the sunlight, which is like, you know, sun and water. And that relationship feels really, really special. And it, for me, and maybe you'll relate to this too, with your Sag and water placements. um, I'm a Leo sun with a Pisces moon. So the sun shining off of water is really how I visualize it's. And also from where I was swimming, there was like a mountain view because I was in upstate. So it's like, we have the Capricorn mountain peaks. We have the sun, the Leo sun shining down on the Pisces water surface, expanding the sun. It was like, literally like my chart come to life. It was the most extraordinary and beautiful thing. I'm having a really hard time reconciling the fact that the season is over. Where do you live? If you don't mind me asking. I live in New York. Okay. So I spend time between the city and upstate New York. Okay. Well, you're welcome to come to Miami anytime. (laughs) Our season basically starts right after hurricane season. I think I'm going to. It is the, you would absolutely love it. And if you are used to cooler temperatures, the water is cooler, November, December, but it's so beautiful. There's less rain. The cle- the skies just shine and it's cooler. So like you're able to actually sit outside in the sun and feel recharged versus burnt out. So if you and your fiance could take some time during the holidays, like maybe after Thanksgiving, sometime in December, or January, I highly recommend coming down to Miami and enjoying the ocean water here. It is spectacular. Have you found... Um- climate change to be something that is really visceral there in Miami? The heat. Absolutely. There's even times I I can't recall if it was last year or the year before that, where it just doesn't cool anymore as easily or the times that it is cold. It's really alarming. It's like, why is it cold right now? So I, I, yeah, absolutely. You feel it a lot, especially this summer with all the rain. And personally for me, I feel like Miami is extremely protected and blessed because we happen to be a lot of times really, really close to 
getting hit by a really bad hurricane and it just happens to just cruise on right by us or we only get the tail end of it thank god because the last we've had pretty bad hurricanes in the past and i'm sure with everything that's if you follow the news you know how bad they can get so i i think that we do see it a lot in miami but maybe not as much as places that are up north you know like antarctica or those where you actually can see these videos of just the glaciers melting and it it it's hits more real that way you know the last time that i was in miami i was like real this is maybe six years ago seven years ago but i was stunned by how much water there was on the street i was stunned yeah. by how much flooding there was it was in november too so it wasn't a response to the hurricanes it was just like there was a lot of water on the streets there was one year where there was a lot of rain um but i think it was the el nino pattern so that season where like typically it doesn't rain a lot november december and then that season like it was two months where it just followed from hurricane season all the way into the our quote-unquote winter um i talk about it all the time with my friends because i love miami beach i feel like that's my that's my neighborhood that's my home but having like investing in a home on miami beach is risky mm. so i have this rule like the house that i'm manifesting and envisioning in my mind is elevated like i take a lot of walks in the neighborhoods in miami beach it's how i find like i disconnect and it's just so nice to walk around these homes that are right around the water i feel like if you expose yourself to the things that you want in the future it's easier to align with them I completely agree. And it's not so much that I want like this big house, it's just the community. And it it just baffles me that I'm not seeing, there's a lot of new construction, just like people who are renovating homes. And I'm like, why aren't these people elevating their homes? Mm. Like we know, especially when there's a full moon here, the tide is so high and any house who has a dock in the back, I mean, the water is just right up to it. Wow. I wouldn't feel comfortable enough having a, here in Miami with how crazy the th things have been. And I wouldn't feel comfortable having a boat behind my house mm. at all. Mm -hmm. Like it gets, the tide gets so high. It's crazy how when there's a full moon and you just see it elevating. Sometimes I'm like, it's literally going to hit the highway. Yeah. And a new moon too. It's either on mm -hmm. either end of the lunar cycle, we have we can see the effects of it. So that kind of leads into my next question, which is how has your environment informed your spiritual practice? Because I find personally that depending on where I am, the way that I am connecting to my own intuition, my own magic, even like what I want to be focusing my energy on shifts based on the climate, the environment, the neighborhood. So I'm curious. And Miami, I think, is one of the most magical cities in the United States. Do you think that this informs your spiritual practice? And if so, how? I absolutely think it does. So currently, just to be entirely transparent, I've lived in Miami Beach for the past like three and a half years. That's been my home. And my routine, I'm an early riser. So I'm up. I cross my fingers. I always like want to be up by six, but sometimes I'm up at five. It's just naturally my body's like we're rising and my routine was very much so like i have a hot cup of coffee i do my gratitude and then i'm off to the beach to catch the sunrise and during this time it's really nice because the sun rises fairly early so you're catching nice warm like those nice sunrise hues and you're catching all of that beautiful nature 
at an early window of the day. So you're, I was back at home by 8.30, showered and ready for my work day. And I feel like when you give yourself that time alone to connect without immediately just going straight into the day or connecting with other human beings or social media or emails, I find that I'm more grounded throughout the day. I tend to be an extremely anxious human being. And if I'm not taking the adequate amount of time to myself in the morning, then I'm basically doing myself a disservice for the rest of the day. It's easier for me to hit my therapist and I call it the amygdala hijack where my emotions kind of take over versus if I start my day being extremely grounding, going outside, you know, going for a walk or for me, it's obviously the ocean, then it's easier for me to combat those those thoughts or anxious moments. It's easier for me to just like tap in and center, much like how you were saying you spent what, like a month swimming and you just felt really centered. It's like this pure alignment. And so right now, because of the year that, you know, everybody's had at the end of the year, last year, unfortunately, I had to give up my home, a place that I had manifested, but it just I feel like energetically, the universe was just like, this door is closed. And I pay attention to really hard messages like that, like those hard lessons where you really have to learn, like, this is just not where I need to be. And so I moved inland with, and I'm living with my sister and my brother-in-law. I will say that it's been a little bit difficult for me to navigate and connect to my inner self because I find I thrive in being alone. I don't know if you can relate to that, where sometimes where you feel like off, sometimes you just need to kind of recenter and be alone. And additionally, not being so close to the water has been challenging for me, Um, but I still continue to make an effort. So like for my birthday last week, my girlfriend asked me, what do you want to do? And I was like, all I want is the traditional Sunday family hangout. We call it like the Sunday family beach day. Anybody who can come to the beach, great. And if you can't, then not. And that's all I wanted. All I wanted would be close to the beach, pray for sunny skies and feel grounded. Um, So Miami has been a very magical space. I can't say that that's always been my relationship with the city. When I was very young, I thought that like I needed to go out into the world and experience something different. I didn't appreciate where I came from. And now more than ever, I feel like no matter where my path takes me, I will 100% have roots here where whether it's like a little apartment or house, like this will forever be a home that I want to have for the rest of my life. So how did it feel? And what were the signs that you had when you were giving up the place that you had manifested? Because that is definitely something that we don't talk about very much within the spiritual realm of like outgrowing your manifestations or needing to change or manifesting something that makes sense at a certain time. And then it no longer being able to be sustainable for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. that's reality. That's real life. So I, if you're comfortable sharing, I would love to know both like, you know, I guess just holistically what that process looked like for you. And then also how you have, how you were able to reconcile it. So how I manifested this place to begin with, I envisioned this space where I I love white and I wanted it to be light and have a lot of natural light coming in, but I also didn't want to be want it to be a super big space. I felt like 
It was my first place entirely alone. And I didn't want to have a bunch of furniture. I just wanted it to be nice and simple. And I remember two weeks before I was staying at a friend's place that she moved away. And she was like, why you look for a place? Why don't you just move into mine? And I'll sublet it for you for like pennies, something simple. She said, you don't have to pay. I just, you know, I can't get out of it, move here. And two weeks before I was supposed to be moving out of her place, I'm like, oh my gosh, I literally have to move tomorrow. I started searching. And this place was a block away from where I worked in Miami Beach. I had been working in Miami Beach for five years now at that time. And I wanted to walk to work. I didn't want to drive to work. I had been commuting to work over an hour every day and an hour and a half back because traffic was a nightmare. So when I walked into the space, I was like, wow, this is it. And I remember having a specific budget and telling the realtor, like, this is what I can do. Can you make it happen? And it all worked out. So I was there for about three years. Unfortunately, it was a very small building. And, you know, the people that ran the board began to kind of just change their rules randomly and implementing these new, like wanting to interview me and saying that I wasn't complying with with the building's regulations. And it was just very odd. And my my landlord lived outside of the country. So there was very little that he could do. He felt like, what is going on? And after it was like the last email where the president of the board just harassed me. I'm like, this is, I feel like I'm complying. I'm trying. I really love this space. I don't understand why I'm why I keep getting all this negative energy thrown my way. And I really took that as a clear sign. Like maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Mm. The guy was just doing really strange things. Like, you know, if I left a towel outside drying, just cause I had come to the beach and I didn't intend to leave it there the whole day, I would find a chair and my towel like thrown into the, into the trash. Or, you know, he would pace outside my door, talking on the phone, saying like all these things about me. And I just felt like, I just felt very unsafe. That's horrible. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, I was just baffled at how quickly it manifested into something that it didn't need to be. And I was feeling super anxious. I wasn't sleeping. And I was like, wow, if this could not be a clear sign. You know, like work hasn't been that consistent for me as I would have hoped. You know, it's been a really rough year. And I thought maybe this is this is it. This is where I throw in the towel. There's obviously a redirection happening here. And, you know, it's not easy for me to have to ask my family like, hey, can I move in with you guys? Like, I kind of need a break. And during this time, it's been what, nine months since I've been with my sister. I've been able to tackle my debt and kind of be able to feel like more hopeful towards finding alignment with work because i feel like if you live in a space where you can't fully be yourself or you're constantly just like looking around like is this person here like i was scared to walk into my building that's that's not a good thing to have and then additionally you have these financial dreams and goals and you feel like energetically you're in this space where you're not producing enough to get to that space I just saw it. I was like, there's a bigger picture here and I need to release this. And now I'm in this space where like, realistically, I mean, if you know, there's a lot of people from New York here 
There's a lot of people from all over the country in South Florida and real estate and rent prices have peaked to numbers that no one's ever seen before. And I'm also taking that as a sign as like, it's not my time to leave my family right now. You know, I've been able to really spend time with my family. My mom's coming over later because they live closer to this side of town. So this has been hard. Like the first, I would say four months was really difficult, but now I'm feeling more peace where I am. So, I mean, that's really brave. It's really brave for you to release what you had worked to achieve. And it's really brave for you to see this as a pivot, as opposed to, you know, I think that people, I think a lot of the reason that people are often afraid to manifest is because they're afraid of losing things. You know, they don't want to bring in more and then have to deal with sort of like, you know, what if they can't afford that apartment or that car? Or what if they can't continue to sustain that lifestyle? I mean, I know that I have that all the time. I have so much financial anxiety from the way that I grew up that, you know, anytime I take on another bill, whether it's helping someone out in my family or, you know, we just got a second car because we need, mm-hmm. we both, Luke and I both, my fiance and I both need to drive around when we're upstate. And like, it was really fucking horrifying for me because I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, what happens if all of this can't sustain? What if something goes wrong? And the piece that I have made in that is also like, okay, so then what happens? Mm -hmm. You know? So then what happens? You have to scale back a little bit. You have to, you know, change your spending. You have to renegotiate things. You have to shift around what your schedule looks like. You need to do some work projects that you didn't really want to do. You know, like you need to cobble things together. Like it's not that big of a fucking deal. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not that big of a deal to have to readjust from time to time. And honestly, like it's, it's authentic, I think, to be able to allow space for renegotiating those things. And that happens every few years that you do need to sort of be like, okay, where am I at? And like things happen, like debt happens, medical bills happen. If you have fucking kids, they're expensive. You know, if your pet gets sick, that's expensive. Like life is unexpected. You have a freaky, freaky neighbor who is mm-hmm. stalking you and harassing you. Like that's unexpected. But these types of unexpected things are part of being alive. And I do think that you know, having a comprehensive spiritual practice, at least for me, is also recognizing that. Yeah. I think one of the most challenging things though, is when you're actually in the thick of it, like really going through it, it's really hard to mentally create some space and see that there's potential at the end of the tunnel. You know, there's that light. Because if we would have had this conversation in January when I first moved in here and all of this stuff was happening, and even up to April or like two months ago when, you know, I was like, what am I, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? I think that it's like, it's being able to understand that when you're going through it, just allow yourself to do it. I really fixate on like, how do I get better? How do I get better? How do I get better? That during those moments, I can a hundred percent say that I lack a lot of compassion for myself. Mm. And it's, it's really what you said that life is those challenges. Like life is the unexpected. And I think that if you are spiritually just trying to grow and expand and involve the stuff that comes your way 
isn't going to get any easier. When you do have obstacles, they're going to be very difficult ones because you're so in alignment that like, if you're trying to reach a new level, like it's not going to be some easy stuff that you can cruise by. You know, I, and there's little things like, I don't know, I'm going to give you a super silly example, but last night I didn't get a lot of sleep and I woke up around two o'clock in the morning and I woke up and I was like, let me just go out to the living room, make myself hot tea or something. And I immediately just made my bed. And I thought to myself, I'm making my bed at two o'clock in the morning. I was like, wow, this is a habit that I have created in my life when I would never make my bed before. I mean, a few years ago, looking back, it would, it would be something like I would bring my coffee and sit in bed. Mm-hmm. Now it's like immediately, as soon as I get up, I do it to the point where I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm doing <laughs> my bed, you know? And it's in those moments where I'm like, wow, this is a perfect example how doing something repetitively really gets you to the space where it's just programming. And so when we're looking at some of the stuff that we've experienced in our past, you know, how you mentioned, like even financially, like how we're brought up or whatever, that's just such an old conditioning that if we just challenge those thoughts and those fears on a consistent basis, it becomes your new programming. Mm. And it's in those moments where I'm just like something so silly and minute really turns into something really big for me because when you're going through these really hard, difficult obstacles, it's hard to really understand and emotionally grasp that change is possible. But I always tell my friends, like, if you can find the one thing, the, just the tiniest thing throughout your day that you can really be grateful for, even as small as like brushing your teeth in the morning, you have, you have water, you have a toothbrush, you have toothpaste. Then if you condition yourself to consistently like be so grateful, there comes a time where like those little things become so much bigger than the big things. Yes. I love that. That's such incredible insight. And I love that perspective so much because it's really true. You know, that's when I I have a lot of questions come through all the time about, you know, spirituality, manifestation. How do I know I'm doing something right? What if I do it wrong? what if this feels impossible? What if I'm too tired? What if I can't do it on a new moon? What if I can't do it on a full moon? And all of the, all of these questions have the same answer, which is that if it becomes a practice, it's not as precious. You know, it doesn't, not every manifestation needs to be the end all be all. Not every full moon needs to be the most important one that you have ever celebrated, right? Because you know that there's going to be another one in 28 days and you know that there's going to be a, mm-hmm. a new moon in 14 days. And if you know that you're going to be making your bed every morning, then it doesn't have to be the most perfectly made bed every day. But just doing it is creating that rhythm, creating that routine and creating that structure. And it takes the pressure off. Oh my gosh, this needs to be perfect because it's something that becomes embedded into your life, which is for me, like how I have, I'm still, you know, I, I'm so sensitive to spiritual bypassing. I'm so sensitive to people, sort of toxic positivity over things because it really, I think that it, it fucks people up. You know, it fucks people up to think that in order to be spiritual, you have to say everything's perfect all the time because it's not. You can still have gratitude and you could still be like, I'm going through a really tough time right now, but I'm really grateful. And I'm so grateful to have a gratitude practice because this is grounding me and anchoring me. But this is a really difficult moment and I just need to navigate it. Mm -hmm. I think that that's where learning how to be compassionate plays a large role. So I lack a ton of self-compassion and it's something that 
I've really worked towards because I agree with you. There is this mentality of like, oh, you have to be positive. You have to hustle all the time. And it's like, when, when do you rest? When do you process? If you're just constantly just battling like every negative thought, it doesn't really work that way. I find that even as structured as I am with like waking up, doing my gratitude, there's days where I'll just sit there and I'm like, what am I grateful for? You know, like there's, there's hard days where just like, I literally write, like, I am super sad today. I feel X, Y, and Z. And I'm grateful that I slept six hours or seven hours or eight hours last night. Like I'll find something. And I I agree. I get, there's some times where I get a little bit triggered with that toxic positivity and that mindset of like, just be happy all the time. Okay, so for this ad break, we're going to just take a little break. Take a moment to survey your thoughts. What are you thinking about? What are you feeling? What are you holding on to? Let go of your to-do list and pending projects and just for a moment focus on your breath. We all need a few moments in the day where we can be at one with ourselves, and Calm can help. We're partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to sleep with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and adults. If you go to calm.com slash Aliza, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming and new content is added every single week. Over 100 million people all around the world use Calm to take care of their minds, and now you can too. For listeners of Stars Like Us, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Aliza. Go to calm.com slash Aliza, A-L-I-Z-A, for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash Aliza. I'm super curious. Is, do you have a, a specific manifestation process based on your sign, your moon, and your rising? You can create one. Um, I don't personally have one. My manifestation process and what I talk about in my upcoming book, which will be out by the time this episode is here. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I love to read. So oh, I'll good. Get, you have to send me a link to this so I can buy it. I Amazing. would love to support. <laughs> um, well, it's called This Is Your Destiny. And it has seven core chapters around manifestation. And those core chapters are on identity, on money, on community, on intimate relationships, career challenges, the really the tough stuff is what the chapter is called, and then intuition. And each chapter has two manifestations, one for the physical world and one for the astral world, because I believe that manifestation is a feedback loop between the subconscious and the physical plane. And in order to get into that feedback loop, we need to approach it from both the psyche and then also through our actions and what we're really doing in our Mm -hmm. day-to-day life, because that is going to be the most effective way of creating 
a comprehensive system that addresses both the internal experience as well as the external one. So my manifestation practice is really about, okay, how can I do something that is more reflective, more passive, more, you know, lighting a candle or pulling some tarot cards or journaling? And then how can I also do something that is proactive, you know, take it, take an action, make a change, um, incorporate a difference, a shift in my day-to-day experience to really pivot in a way that is going to create an alignment between what I want and what I'm seeing play out in real time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, I've always believed that if you, if I'm manifesting something, but I'm doing something that's the opposite of what I'm manifesting, then I'm not really, then I'm not really attracting what I'm manifesting. Yeah. It's not even a manifestation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not even, it wouldn't even, and those are, I think a lot Mm -hmm. of the time, that's what happens to people when they say, oh, it's not working, you know, and let's say you want to, we'll just do like a really basic example. You want to make a six figure business for yourself. That's Mm -hmm. what every spiritual influencer is talking about right now. So six figure business. And then you write, you know, all of your goals on a piece of paper, one new moon, and you do a whole beautiful ritual. You light it on fire. You have flowers, Mm -hmm. you douse yourself in water. And then that's all you do. It's not going to happen. You know, that's, that's not going, that's not a manifestation. It's not a full, complete practice because something needs to change in your day-to-day life in order for that to come full circle. So while that incredible, beautiful ritual is going to be really helpful for identifying, you know, for building a relationship with your psyche and for identifying like, why do you want the things that you want? What inspires you? What blocks do you have? Ultimately, you're going to need to make changes in the physical plane in order for that to come to fruition. So if we just do that and then we're like, but my manifestation didn't work. It's like, well, that's because it's only, that's just one part of it. It's really Mm -hmm. a two-part process. Yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree. I'm also at the, at the point where I've learned that I'm a projector. So what, do you know what you are? I'm a manifesting generator, but I'm also not a human design person, but you're also the second Virgo that I talked to today, who's a projector. So I'm, this is, this is all very, I say this thing called tank, which means there are no coincidences. So this is very tank to me. (laughs) So I have a friend that she's just like a go-getter. She's also a manifesting queen. Like this girl, it's crazy. She's one of my closest friends. She wrote down what she wanted the next guy she dated to look like. And she randomly meets this guy through Instagram and he comes to pick her up and he gets out of the car and he's like to the T like she dressed him. He was wearing black jeans and she had written down black jeans, a white top with a cap. And we laughed really hard because she's like, guys, I didn't know what his hair looked like. So I left it blank and he's bald. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Like, wow, you're such a good manifester. Like you cannot leave out a single clue. So if you leave it up to nothing, like the universe is going to be nothing. like, here's yeah. a bald guy. Um, <laughs> but she's, she's a projector, but she, I think she has a different emotional authority than I do because the way that she manifests and she's very much a go-getter. I think for me, one of the greatest lessons that I've learned is just to, to wait because anything that feels like too much for me from learning my human design. Now, now I get it. Like anything that doesn't align, like reaching out to people isn't something that makes me feel super comfortable. I feel extremely vulnerable. I'm not saying that that's, 
not something that I should probably work towards, you know, overcoming, but learning that projectors are typically our lesson is to just wait for the invitation and be patient. I've within the last year, I'm like, I'm just going to wait until it appears. And then my friends are like, well, how are you going to get work? And I was like, I'm trusting, like I'm doing the things on the side that aligns with that and the opportunity will present itself. So perfect example, yoga teacher training. I did it earlier this year. And then, you know, my partner at the time and my friends were like, you got to do this. You got to be on Instagram. And I feel a very like a love hate relationship with social media sometimes. And I'm really trying hard to navigate that space. Um, but I, th- I, I knew at that time, because of everything that I was going through, I'm like, I'm not in the space where I can reach out to these yoga brands and put myself out there. I kind of feel like I need to build my spirits up. I need to f- build my confidence up. And then lo and behold, two months ago, I got a gig. I, as a yoga teacher at a cute hotel and it was my first one. And then after that, now I have another teaching one and I've been teaching online. So like little by little, these things kind of come and it's it's really difficult to explain to people sometimes with manifestations it's about practicing through and 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 waiting you know there's like there's beauty in waiting and then when that spark hits and things start to really flow i mean i think that that's also that's why the first chapter in my book is about identity is about getting to know yourself and really challenging yourself to say what do i actually want and i think that this is why it's so hard to be a spiritual practitioner on the internet is Mm -hmm. because there's not a one size fits all. And it's so much easier to say, Oh, go get your six figure fucking business. Go do this, get a fucking Lamborghini, have this huge house, but that's not necessarily for everyone, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just not, it's simply not. And not in a way where it's like, it's not available to any, everyone. It's just not what everyone wants. It's not what I want. You know, what I want is more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. So my manifestations are not something that you, I would impose on other people. And it's certainly not something where I would just say, here's, you know, my practice go, Mm -hmm. you know, it requires that self-awareness and doing the work first to understand who am I. And, you know, as an astrologer, I use astrology as my tool set to sort of hone in on who someone is and what their, what their values are, what their principles are, what their ethics are, and then designing the manifestations around that Mm -hmm. custom for that person. But that again is something that of course I could do one-on-one with people, but hopefully in my book and hopefully through episodes like this, it empowers people to really harness their own practice that is so fucking specific to them that no one else would be able to do it, which makes it hard because you can't just like copy and paste it, Mm -hmm. but it's honest, you know? Have you ever worked with someone where you could tell that the manifestations they were trying to call in didn't really align with who they were? Absolutely. I've definitely have been in that space where I'll reflect back in my journal and I'm like, how I can see why I was manifesting these things, but it's just as the years gone by, I'm like, that's not, that's no longer in alignment with me. How do you, as an astrologer, how do you coach someone in that space when they're holding on? Cause it's hard. Well, I really ask a lot of questions. I ask a lot of questions and personally, that really is probably the most applicable with my love life is that I thought that I wanted someone, a very different type of person than my partner is, you know, and who he has been for five years. 
Um, and it's a great relationship, but it's not the relationship that when I, my younger self was trying to create, you know, I thought that I wanted to be with someone who was like super alpha, super masculine, super sort of bossy, rich, you know, only had eyes for me, but I was also like a bit of a challenge, but then it turns out, no, I'm the boss. I'm the boss. Mm -hmm. I want that because I want it. I don't want that in a partner. I want to be all right. of those things, you know, maybe a little less alpha, a little less mm -hmm. masculine and the me version of it. But it was honestly me projecting it on someone else because I was afraid to get it for myself. And then what do I really need in a relationship? I need someone who is going to be soft with me. I need someone who's going to listen to me and be dreamy with me and support me and love me and hold me and think that I have a beautiful body, no matter what my body is doing, because I don't have, that's where my, that's where I really need the support. You know, right. I don't need the support in feeling like a boss bitch. I can mm -hmm. feel like that. I could channel that, but it, I had the whole thing flipped around. I had the whole thing flipped around and I had to spend a lot of time combing through that for myself to really figure out why do I keep trying to go after these people that are not working? you know, and that their entire dynamic doesn't see me. And it was ultimately because I wasn't seeing myself. I, I have definitely felt now that we're tapping into love, I've definitely have felt frustrated and even lost. And I feel like the place where I'm at right now, I had a recent relationship that didn't work out for many different reasons, but probably the closest I felt to a life partner, like just how he showed up in the relationship it wasn't really that easy for us. We had a pandemic romance. So I called him my pandemic lover, but we were together a lot and letting go of that relationship. What I realized was I don't love myself enough to be in a relationship right now. So how can I even demand that somebody else show up for me in such a way when I'm not doing the same thing? For myself, you know? Yeah. And I was having this conversation yesterday with a girlfriend where she, you know, she's feeling really insecure in her body and very much something that I can relate to when feeling like she can't, she feels really lonely, but she's in this space where I'm so insecure. I really don't feel comfortable dating because I don't want to project that onto another human being. And I feel that when you are insecure, dating can be extremely triggering. And it's something that at least she's in this space where she's aware of that. Um, and I can relate because I'm like, I want to be so in love with where I am in life and so secure as a woman that then I can feel comfortable falling in love with again or dating or being with somebody else. And it's, it's, it's a challenge, I think, especially now that I'm 34 years old and I have this idea of like this dream of being a mom one day and all these beautiful things. But I guess within the last year or so, I felt really lost. And so I kind of attribute my life, my love life, not being, not reaching its fullest potential because I'm not there. Okay. But I'm going to challenge you here okay. because that is exactly the space where then you have to give yourself compassion, mm -hmm. you know, because you have to accept yourself as perfect at every single moment right. you choose to say, if this is the best it's going to get, it's perfect. It's fucking perfect. And even if you're showing up in these dates, as you meet people and you're like, I'm feeling really insecure right now. 
I'm, I have these, you know, I'm, I'm working through this anxiety. I'm working through these limiting beliefs. That's okay. Because that's honest to where you are right now. It yeah. doesn't need, you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to perfectly feel like everything is in exactly the right place. And that's okay because it's, you know, accepting and embracing yourself as whole and worthy mm -hmm. wherever you are, whether it's, you know, it's something tangible. You're like, I really want to lose 10 pounds or it's something abstract where it's like, I really just want to get my confidence up. Both of those are fine, but they doing those is not going to be your launching pad for dating. You know what I mean? Like you can still date as you are working on right. yourself. Well, that's, that's really that's really encouraging to me because now I can see, I mean, I've thought of this before, but when somebody else messages back to you, it's easier to absorb, you know, this idea of like, just as I am, I am worthy. And I can, yeah. these two things can coexist. I guess though, it's very easy for me to get to this protective space because I feel like my energy is not right. I don't want to make it worse, you know? Yeah. So you just have to be super slow and, mm -hmm. and careful. You know, yeah. you just have to be checking in with yourself constantly. And, you know, it sounds like you have really good friends who can also help hold you accountable. But like, that's definitely something that there are certain people, especially with Virgo or Gemini placements, like sometimes you need to kind of tell your story as it goes mm -hmm. so that when the it changes, someone could be like, uh, 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 you said that you were worried about that. Like that was a red flag. Now you 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 changed your narrative on that. How did that happen? Because sometimes that like accountability is really important for making sure that we don't end up just playing the same role that we play over and over again right. because we know it. You know, oh, that's the hard part breaking that cycle it is. of just the repetitiveness and then the frustration and then you know seeing the red flags and ignoring the red flags. Like I again, I had this conversation with another girlfriend that's going through a breakup and. You know, it's been very difficult for her, but I told her and I was like, this is your opportunity to change those patterns. You know, you had a great relationship. It didn't work out, not for any bad reason. It's just not your man. Like he's not the one for you. And so are you going to spiral to your old? Are you going to sink into this, to the old trauma? Or are you going to take this as an opportunity to rewire yourself and expand into this new elevated space? Like if this guy wasn't it, there was a lot of things within the relationship that you liked and that's what you need to pull and move on and, you know, like take that into the next stage of your life. Right. Or just do a hard reset and trust mm -hmm. that those things that you created are going to continue if those are things that are aligned with your soul. Do you believe when you're manifesting, do you believe in like writing things down? Like I feel like there's so much power in like writing versus texting. I do. I'm, I'm a huge journal fan. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge, huge because there is a sensory connection, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm such a big fan of handwriting. I'm such a big fan of channeling your energy through writing um, in any capacity. Yeah. yeah, reading and writing for me, just I've, I've started to do something new where I actually reflect on my week of journaling. I never used to do that. I never used to go back into my stuff. And now I'm kind of going back to see where I'm at. What are the things that I wrote down? What are the things that I'm grateful for? Where am I, where am I emotionally in this space? The other thing that I kind of want to pick your brain about, I just discovered that I'm a Scorpio rising. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. So I know that there's like a window and I don't know the exact time that I, which I'm sure there's so many people out there that probably have this same frustration where they don't know the exact time that they were born. 
And so I was, I mean, I'm 34 years old. I was born in Dominican Republic, keeping the time and putting down the birth certificate that didn't exist back then. And I was, my mom, it was a C-section. But within the recent weeks, I kept asking, like, do you think you had it in the morning? She's like, yeah, it was definitely in the morning and it probably wasn't super early in the morning. So I knew that it was between like, she thinks it's between like 10 and 12. And those two hours happened to be that everything, because I compared all the charts that everything was the same, except if I'm later in the afternoon, I would be Sagittarius. So I have a friend who's like super into astrology and she's like, if she's saying you were born in the morning, knowing you well enough, I feel like you're more of the Scorpio. What does that actually mean when you have the sign that's rising and the moon and all of that? So your rising sign is like your landscape. Okay. It's the way that you see the world. I would say that in this very small container of knowing you, you strike me as more Scorpio rising than Sagittarius rising. I find Scorpio rising to be very intense, to be very um, intuitive, and to also go through a lot of metamorphosis in their life. Um, Sag rising is very abrupt. Um, it is really, it's about storytelling. It's about the adventure. And you do have Sag in your chart. You would be a Sag mm -hmm. moon. Um, and another way to ask your mom well, that might be a little tricky, but no, never mind. It would probably be too tricky. I was going to say if she knew where the moon was, if, mm -hmm. if she could see the moon when you were born, that would be another good way of being able to tell what time it was. Um, you know, if we're giving you a Scorpio rising, though, that's looking at late morning as opposed to early morning. Mm -hmm. That's not sunrise. If you were sunrise, you would have a Virgo rising. Yeah, she it was she told me she's like it wasn't super early in the morning because we like drove to the hospital. It was like you it's a whole process. I could also see you as a Libra rising though. So Really? I could. Yeah, it's tricky. Okay, so mm -hmm. now I'm going to ask you two questions. Okay. One, and you can combine them if you feel inspired to do so because they kind of correlate. The first is what do you believe in? And the second is how does magic show up in your life? You're you're speaking like energetically and spiritually? Mm -hmm. or anything. If you yeah. believe in chicken sandwiches, tell us, please tell us. <laughs> I believe in, I believe in change a lot. Spoken like a true Scorpio rising. <laughs> Every season of my life looks so differently than what I had anticipated. Um, there's even moments where I'm extremely frustrated and just believing in change, believing that things can get better really shifts into this optimistic space that I, I truly believe that it raises my frequency and the people around me. I believe in change and compassion. And I truly think that things can always get better. I know that right now, a lot of people are living, we're all living through very difficult times and it's very scary to see things on a consistent basis, but I do truly feel like things are much better than they were in the past. And so I hold strong to this idea that like, I, I believe in change. I, I see it and it's, it's better to hold on to that than to just think that this is the worst it's ever been because in reality it's not, you know, mm -hmm. we have so many resources available to us. We have medicine, we have, I mean, the laws have changed. Like there's all these things, but with every new chapter, I think that it takes destruction 
and like really an awakening to get you to that new space. So I truly think that change is, is a beautiful space to be in. Mm. And then magic for me appears in such an ironic way. Like this is where my patience is always tested because I I've had experiences in the past where, you know, things don't come right away, but then really big things happen. And I'll reference the show. For instance, I remember sitting down and being like, you know, I'll be on that show one day jokingly. And then I actually was, or, you know, I grew up as a dancer and I was in high school and I thought, well, I want to be an NFL cheerleader. And then I actually did it. I actually was. And so all of those things actually require some work to actually get to that space. But even with my last relationship, I think that that was such magic. The way that we met, it was just a friend connecting us randomly one day. And I I really do think that magic appears to me in, in surprising ways. It always comes in the most unexpected forms. And it's very, it's a lot like what you said, like, I don't have to be perfect to receive these big things. So I've, I've really in, in really strange things that I've manifested probably from the past, how they appear in time. And it, it's always, you know, if you're, you're a manifester, you're a generating manifester, I, right. I feel like for, for people like you, it's easy to constantly manifest. It's a, it's you're you're more tapped into that frequency versus for somebody like me, I have to practice so much patience, but then when it actually appears, it's like total energetic alignment. Like I feel peace. I feel massive amount of gratitude. Um, and I feel healing. I don't know if that makes sense. Like my body feels good. Yeah. I mean, that I think is ultimately what we are all striving for, right? Is that feeling Mm -hmm. of alignment and arrival and just like being in the right environment for you. Okay. So let's pull a card really quickly. Um, Super excited. What is your question for the deck? Any question? Any question, but the more specific, the better. Okay. I personally feel like I've experienced a lot of emotions and anxiety towards feeling lost or not knowing if I'm going in the right direction. There's obviously a lot of pressure career-wise because, you know, I have this one vision of what I would like to, you know, get to professionally. And I don't know if it's one of those things. Am I manifesting the right thing? Is this really for me? So I guess my question would be is with the things that I've been trying to call into my life, am I heading towards the right direction? Is that it? So I'm going to rephrase it as what is the energy that you need to know right now that is the right direction? What is the right direction energetically for you? Because I don't know what you've been working on. Okay. So I I love that. Pile one, pile two, or pile three? Let's go with two. Cool. Okay. So what is the right direction energetically for you? And Mm -hmm. maybe this aligns with what you're doing, or maybe it won't. And then we'll have to see. Okay. It's the star. So this is a major arcana card. So we're talking about big picture life milestones right here. Um, This is associated with Aquarius energy. This is the card that I really see as the 2021 card, in fact, and it's about community. It's about giving back to your community, becoming more involved in sort of like, what does it mean for you to really show up and speak to people who have endured or 
are enduring or could endure things that you identify with or you empathize with or that you are you're passionate about. But the more that you can do to uplift others, the more that is going to uplift you. That is the energy of this card. It's really about um, it's a, it's the opposite of isolation. So mm-hmm. if you've been doing like heavy, you know, head down working in a silo, that's not the right energy. This okay. is about reaching out, f- finding people who are struggling and figuring out how you can help them. And that is going to help you. Okay. That's really comforting. I, I tend to isolate a lot, a lot. It's, it's probably not the best thing to do all the time, but I have found that through yoga because I am connecting with others. It's been extremely healing, really, really healing to be in a space where like I'm surrounded by other people because obviously within the last year and a half, I've been pretty restricted. Yeah. it's yeah. So this is about community and even on social media, mm-hmm. Aquarius is very much about technology. Okay. So it's also about like using the resources that you have and maybe this will help you develop a healthier and more sustainable relationship with the beast that is social media. But, you know, just like to your point that, you know, change is a good thing. Like we have more access to resources and tools than we ever have before. And we can use social media as a way to just like have FOMO and feel shitty, or we can use social media as a way to connect and inspire and empower and feel great. So that's, that's my read for you. Yay. I love it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Where can our listeners find you and continue to be on the journey with you? You can find me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is BB underscore jewels. Um, I basically post there about free online classes. And yeah, that's that's my most active space at the moment. Amazing. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a great time speaking with you. 